This is a test of the Bounty Park Alert System. Hello and welcome to the Bounty Park Alert System with me, Matt Dean, who currently pretending to have COVID to avoid going to Latics matches, which I obviously hate doing. Um, so, um, but anyway, it was on telly yesterday, so that was fine. I was able to watch it. Uh, I'm joined by another guy who's pretending to have COVID, sexy Dave, infected Dave Bradley. How are you doing, Dave? Yeah, not bad. Thanks. Have you been yeah. rough as well? Yeah, it's all that kissing behind the uh, men, behind the Rochdale Road stand, isn't it, Matt? I know, we should stop doing it, Dave. I know. I've just know. got this thing about, about kissing Dave's and, and kissing their ass. Uh, mm. you and you and Big Dave Unsworth, you know what I mean? Can't get enough of it. Um, so anyway, but there is somebody we're going to get into all this. If you're listening and wondering what the hell we're going on about, uh, don't worry, it'll all become clear. Um, Adam Kershaw, hello, hello Adam. Hi guys, how are you doing? You're right, yeah, good. Thanks for joining us this week. Very welcome. Uh, we you were on last last uh, last season. Yeah, the, the guy you the East League game. That's right. You sit, well, you stand with us on our on our row I'm back at Rochester Road then. Yeah, have you not caught COVID then? Well, I've not been kissing anyone at games, so I've uh, stayed well clear of it. So I'm all right. He knows. He knows better, Dave. He's not. You know, he's not like us. We're just like these wild spirits that just go around snogging at games. Yeah, the um, like free, 60s free love. It's like the 60s, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's just all kinds of stuff going on. It's mad. People don't realise. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's just a look at the draw, isn't it? It's just one of them things. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been dog rough, to be honest with you. Um, and my throat has been like razor blades and really sore throat, coughing up all kinds of shite. It's not been good, but I'm, I'm definitely on the on the on the men now. There's the faintest little line left on the on the test, so so yeah. So we had to cancel the falling after the Halifax game. So I think we should uh, I think we should go back before we before we get stuck into Chesterfield uh, yesterday. Let's go back to Tuesday. Adam, you're a, you're a you're a, vo- a voice of reason, a reasonable man. You give us your take on the uh, performance against Halifax. Um, it's pretty, pretty, pretty poor to be honest with you. I think myself, like most people, expected a result out of that. Um, after the reaction um, against Aldershot, I thought we'd I thought we'd come out all guns blazing. I think from from a reasonable, rational point of view, Halifax set up really, really well. Very difficult to break down, um, much in the same way we did um, this weekend. And I just think we really, really missed a, a central midfielder that could could pull some strings in there because we, we were really, really struggling to break them down. And it wasn't great watching. Dave, what do you think? What did you make well, of Well, they care, they, they care with playing five at the back. But uh, I think, as Adams has said, that, that central midfielder with the, with the killer ball, like a gardener, I think he should have come on a lot sooner. Um we we huffed and puffed, didn't we? First half, I thought we that we were the better side. Uh, their their goal was was a fantastic goal. A bit of a some, bit of a, some, bit of dodgy defending by us, picking up the man in the middle. Um, but then we just couldn't create a chance in the second half. Um, 
and to concede from a set piece, you know, um, it's not like us. It's not like us, is it? Uh, no, uh, again, you know, it's, it's, it's criminal, isn't it? Conceding off set pieces is just—it's just not good enough, is it? Um, and for all the huffing and puffing, we could have been there another half an hour, and I don't think we would have scored. If I'm honest with you, uh, but to be fair, we should have had a penalty. Uh, Fondup clearly got an elbow in the face, and the the referee was was abysmal, wasn't he? Uh, he should have sent off that number twenty two. He called him over, called the captain over, and bottled the, bottled it, didn't he? At, on the seventieth minute, and we could we could have uh, gone on to win the game if uh, it, the referee had actually showed some true grit and backbone and did his job properly. Hmm. It's um, it's it's fine margins, isn't it? In football, it really is. And I think after the uh, Aldershot game, it was this kind of, oh yeah, we've clicked into gear now when we're going to blow everybody away. Um, that didn't happen. I thought Halifax played really well. I thought their number 22, like when he got the ball in the middle, he was the difference, wasn't he? He had that composure, he kept it, he wanted the ball and he, and he, and he, and he broke away and he, he started to make things happen. Um we ran out of out of ideas. We were just infinite long. Um, after I thought the possession was better. I think like if you look back to like last season, I thought we kept the ball better. We passed it around a bit better, but against Halifax, but we just we just didn't we just didn't create the chances. I thought they played well. I think on another day, I think a point was a fair result. I think they were I think they were delighted. It was they were buzzing to to, to come away with a win. Um, because I think overall we were probably just about the better team, but. It's one of them things, isn't it? And then you have to just get on with it, roll your sleeves up, go to Chesterfield. Adam, um, for obvious reasons, me and Dave weren't there, but you were. I wasn't indeed, yeah. How was, how was it? Um, it was, the setup was exactly how I expected. Same thing we did last season. Um, and people probably won't like it, but we, we went there, sat back, open to it, I'm on the break which I think is the right way to play against Chesterfield. If you like, Unsworth for once was actually pretty uh, spot on in his post-match where he said, if you, if you come here and, and play progressive football, it's just going to turn into a basketball game. And I agree. I think we'd have got absolutely popped if we'd have tried to to, to play football there. It, it, I don't think it's the right way to go about it against Chesterfield, especially this early on in the season when we're not when we're not firing on all cylinders. We don't have the central midfield that that's good enough to do that. So I think sitting back was the right way to go about it. I think um, the 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 out ball being Kitchen, um, I thought he played really well. I think we really missed Devon Green, so would have given us an option on both sides um, and, and probably a bit more cutting edge rather than not all out on that side. Um, but uh, that's exactly how I thought we'd set up. We'd go there and try and soak it up and, and hit them on the counter, which... I thought we were really lucky to get a result, but I actually re-watched the game last night because I couldn't get enough of it. Um, <laughs> and re-watching it, I was like, they didn't really trouble as much. I, I know we weren't great, but they actually didn't, they didn't penetrate as much as as they really should have with the possession that they had. I know you've got to give, you've got to give the players uh, and the management credit for, like you said, for the way that they set the team up. Um, we were difficult, we were well organised and the players carried out the manager's game plan. Now, the thing is, this this is where you get the 
know, we'll come on to the whole issue about Unsworth and people's feelings and all that, but managers and fans have different expectations from football matches. There was I responded to someone this morning on Twitter who was saying that they'd rather have Harry Kewell in, someone like Harry Kewell, you know, when we finished about 18th and conceded loads, but it was entertaining, you know, but we were complete failures and absolutely hopeless, but, you know, Managers go out there to win games or to, to make life difficult for their opposition. They're not bothered. But in an ideal world, they want you to be playing like Man City. <laughs> but, like, really, what they need is a result. A result yesterday was a point on the road at Chesterfield. If we'd have beat Halifax and we got a point on uh, yesterday, it would have been a great week. Um, you couldn't complain with that whatsoever. Um, it's... The midfield issue is is definitely an issue. We like you mentioned, Devon Green. Like we totally like his pace yesterday would have. You know, he, he scored last season, didn't he? Against him, he scored the winner, didn't he? Yeah. Um, he, he, his pace would be he's sorely missed. Lundstrom, uh, obviously, we've yet to see him play a, a proper game for us yet. I'm sure he's going to make a massive difference. What was missing yesterday was that link up from defence to attack, and we don't we don't have it yet. And I don't think that. We've seen David Unsworth's best team yet, and I think that everyone losing their shit over him and and, and this team, have, I can't... And just it's just driving me a little bit potty, um, the reaction after four games this season from some of our supporters. I mean, I don't know about playing... Um, Nuttall on the right of a front three. I don't know if that front three thing. It wasn't really a front three, was it? Because it was very, very defensive minded. No, but yeah. he played one of the he played one of the best balls of the game through to Norwood. And I think if that game hadn't had been on TV, Norwood takes the touch and puts it around the keeper and puts it in the goal. But cameras are there. He tries lobbing it, tries showboating a bit, puts it over the bar. Uh, disappointing from Norwood. I mean, all he had to do was take a touch and then just slot it around the keeper, um, and it's a goal. But you know, it was a brilliant, brilliant ball from Nuttall to put him through, and and that combination between Nuttall and and Norwood's really good. That there's mm. there's definitely something there. Um, difficult game for Willoughby in his first game to play in that position. I'm not here to defend every single uh, tactical decision or positional um, dis- decision by Unsworth. Um, will he get some of it right? Yeah. Will he get some of it wrong? Yeah. Um, but some, what was the abuse like in the in towards the manager or the feelings like towards the manager in the stand, uh, Adam? Because you were there. So. Yeah. So, um, look. F- first of all, I, I think that there was some. I don't think it's as bad as is being made out on Twitter. Um, and I, 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 although I don't agree with it, I'm totally of the opinion that every fan is is absolutely they pay the money, they can voice their opinion. However. We're at our best, undoubtedly, when we're all behind the team. There were moments in that game yesterday where the, it was so, so positive and so good in that in that in that stand. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone who was there had said the same thing. When we're together as a unit, we we are the best fans <clears throat> in, in this league by a country mile. No one can no one can touch us. No one comes close to us. But there's that small section that that do bring in that that negative outlook, and they're well within the rights to do it. But I just think it, it's it's so counterproductive. It really, really is. Um, but it, it turned a little bit sour around kind of 70 minutes. That's when the main chance of it were. Um, 
and but it wasn't everyone. It it was it was a very very vocal um, section, but but I wouldn't say it was the majority. But if you listen to that minority section on Twitter, they try to make out that it is the majority. Eighty percent of fans want him gone, and you know nonsense figures that they're throwing around. And I I agree with you. Last year at Chesterfield, like we've been to Chesterfield twice in the National League, and I don't think they've seen support like it both times. Absolutely fantastic. Like, and and I totally agree with you. When we're all behind the team like that, when we're just focusing on, like I've only got last year uh, to go on because I wasn't there yesterday. But last year, last year, even though we got, we were under so much pressure, so much pressure, and it was, and, and Chesterfield played a lot better last season uh, against us than they did yesterday. Our fans never stopped believing, never t- took their eye off the ball, focused a hundred percent on backing the team, and we we got through that game and got a victory. And I and I see that little pocket of people who are, for whatever reason, just absolutely desperate to get rid of David Unsworth, as as a as a problem. Quite frankly, I don't see how they help. I don't see how they are contributing towards this thing that we're trying to build. It's just like they need somebody to hate. They need somebody to 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 turn their um their anger on and all this. And and they seem desperately, desperately they're just desperate to be proven right about him until it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. They just want to keep going and going and going until until they're proven right. And I don't think they've I don't think there's enough yet. We've not seen enough yet to, to to warrant this vitriol towards him. It's really, I think it's disgusting, to be honest. Go on, Dave. I just think, well, you get, well, you get these, well, what can you call them? Dickheads on Twitter saying, right, sack him, bring Rooney back in. Why, why, why are we trying to pay up Rooney when we can try and we get to, we should just pay up Unsworth? It's like, but what, what do we do when we sack him and then we get a new manager in who just does the same? Because the, the squad isn't where it needs to be. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's, there's good players in there, but they are time to gel. And you say, well, all right, then what happens if the new manager comes in and loses three games, four games? Do we sack him? And it, 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 there's just a stonewall silence. It, they've just got no reasoning or actual valid argument into into this sacking culture because they bemoaned Abdallah. They bemoaned him for sacking managers. Knee-jerk reaction, get another set of players in, sack it. They just—I don't know what they, I don't know what they want. And, they, and they, when we challenge him, or when I challenge him on Twitter, it's like, oh, you just, you just in bed with the club, or you just, you just putting your arm around David Unsworth, or you just love David Unsworth. No, I don't love the results. Don't get me wrong. I, we should be beating Halifax yesterday against Chesterfield. If someone said at the start of the game, you're going to go away with a point. You t- you t- you take the hand off, wouldn't you? You 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 you, you would just you would have taken a point at Chesterfield yesterday. They've just they've just won three. They've scored was it ten goals in the first three games? Yeah. You take it every day of the week, twice on Sunday. Now this constant bemoaning of the team and the performance by this select few, who are just negative and draining and sapping. As a player, you know, on the pitch, listening to that, you, you, you're not you're not going to get you're not going to perform well, are you? And it's just it's poisonous and it's just awful. And there's no need for it. And as to Adam's point, if we all get behind the team like we used to have old, like the Fulham away, and you know, when when the, when the chips are down, 
and Chesterfield last season. We we are we have to, we have a fantastic support away from home, and now that we're getting seven and a half to eight thousand at home, we should be using this as a tool to get behind the players to be that twelfth man to give them the encouragement when the, when we're not when it's not going our way and the refereeing decisions aren't going right. You know what I mean? If we're there supporting and backing the team all the way through, the results will come and it and it will turn round and it, they've got to, they've got to stick with him. You know because like it or not. He's got two years left. He's not even done a full year of his contract yet. It's September is when he's done his his uh, his first year in the, of a three year contract. There's two years left, and why would the board fork out a load of money in the summer on the likes of Norwood, Lundstrom, Ward, Hobson, Raglan, for them to sack him after ten games? You know, it, it just it just doesn't make any financial sense, does it? I just I, it's I, one word I want to. Um... Focus on today is about respect, and I think that I think you, there's a lot of people not showing David Unsworth any respect, like as an individual. Like they're, they're, they're looking for things to things that he says, they say, Oh, he doesn't do enough interviews, and then as soon as he says something, like they pick on it and throw it down his throat. Obviously, we'll talk about um, what he said about Chesterfield being the champions and all that, and, and we'll come on to that, but like. If you've got some respect for your football club and you've got some respect for what the Rothwell family have done and what people have done to to turn this club around, what people have done to get rid of the previous owners, right? Because we started that as a fan base. We got rid of them, right? We made it uncomfortable. We got them to put it up for sale. We created a space then for, for Darren Royal and the Rothwells and all that to come in, Right. We've been working together as a fan base and we've got the best possible outcome we could have ever hoped for. Local family that are passionate, that are, you know, a chairman who's as likely to be in the away end or on top of a cherry picker fixing a gutter or like as, as he is doing unbelievable stuff. We, 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 we got way beyond what, what, what we could have hoped for. And then people are like, oh yeah, I know we love Frank. Yeah, we love we love what the board of the club are doing. Yeah, and we back the team, but we hate this fucking manager, and we're gonna fucking get on his back. And and that for me is disrespectful to the board. It's disrespectful for everything that they've done, all the money that they've put in. It's self-centered, it's selfish. And if you're one of these people, just give your fucking head a wobble and shut the fuck up. You're entitled to your opinion, but shut the fuck up. Because you are not contributing to the success, the future success of this football club. You don't have to like David Unsworth. You don't have to... I don't know why, because he's a perfectly nice bloke. He's doing his best. He's working really hard, right? But you are far more interested in in in, in being right and, and being seen as some kind of authority when really you're not. You're just some fucking gobshite on Twitter, Right? And I'm I'm sick of on me, and I'm I'm getting shit now. Yesterday, loads of shit yesterday. That's because I'm an easy target. Well, you can give me as much shit as you want because I don't care, right? Especially if at least if you've got your name and your face to your tweets, then you know you deserve some kind of. Well, that's okay. At least I know who you are. That's giving me shit. If you're one of these nameless accounts, you're soft as shit. Come and say it to me face anytime. You know who I am. You know where to find me. Come and say it to me face. I'll be I'll I'll be glad to talk to you. I'll go for a pint with you. We'll have a proper conversation, 
right? But I'm 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 sick of this nonsense. I'm sick of these wankers on social media. Social media is social. It's 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 what we do and what we say has an impact across that network. And 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 you can use it to be for good and it can be positive, or you can use it to just spread toxicity and negativity. And so many of our fans do that. And when they get called out, they turn on you because they feel because they know deep down that they're part of the problem. They know deep down that they're being a prick. And it's if you if you're if you're being so vitriolic towards other people, it's probably because you've got your own self-worth issues and you hate yourself. You know, go and get some fucking therapy. Football isn't therapy, right? It's not it's not a place for you to go and vent your anger at other people so that you can feel better about yourself. That's not what football's for. Football is there for, for lots of different reasons, but that's not one of them. Right. So a lot of these people in this fund need to go and get therapy, right? Deal with some of their poor childhood, you know, you were neglected as children. Or, you know, get over it, get therapy, move on with your life. There's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. I've got no sympathy for it, right? We all have our issues, right? But taking it out on other people is just sad and pathetic. And Going, I'm sorry. I'm, this is always going to happen today. After, after I've been sick and I've not been out of my room for like I don't know, I'm out <clears> six <throat> days or something like that. So I, I let it get to me yesterday because I was bored out of my head and I interacted with some of the stuff when I normally wouldn't because I was bored. But like, yeah, I'm just, I just, you, okay? you know, it's, it's you, boring. Do you need a breath? Do you need a breather? I do. Okay? I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a lozenge. Right, right. match stats uh, from yesterday. Chesterfield, three on target. Oldham, three on target. Off target from Chesterfield was three. Oldham, four. So, it, looking at right, eight corners to Chesterfield, one corner to Latix. Um But all in all, it was pretty much a... It was an even game. And I, I don't think, you know... It, w- it wasn't the best performance by Oldham, but I don't think it was ever expected to be. It was, a good performance. it was a good performance, Dave. If you, if, if you, if you, they were asked yeah. to do a certain job and they did it, yeah, exactly. and the shape yeah, yeah. and the discipline, and all was very yeah, good. That's what I was to say. And they worked hard, say. and and so like it wasn't. It was actually a good performance if you look at it that way. It wasn't the performance that some of our fans, fans wanted to wanted. see. Yeah, but yeah, that yeah. doesn't make it a bad performance because they don't know what they're talking about. I still do not believe that these people that are at Sack Unsworth, Sack Unsworth, Sack Unsworth, know more about football than David Unsworth does. Because they don't. They might think they do, and they like to think they do, and they like to talk a good game, but they they don't. And stats and that doesn't mean that he's the he's the best manager we'll ever have. And I'm no. not kissing his ass, and I'm not like his number one fan or anything like that. I just want to give the time, the bloke time to succeed. I don't. I know. I'm not that's the all. Enemy, like, that's all. It is. <laughs> Can I ask you a question, Adam? I'm not what your enemy, Matt. I'm not your enemy. I know you're not. No, I know. I know. You're right, Adam. You okay? Adam's just watching. Going, oh yeah, my right. god! Oh, he's all right. He's all right. He's a very level-headed guy. Um, what did you make about of Unsworth saying about Chesterfield probably being the, the best team in the league and probably you know who are probably going to win the title? I don't disagree with him. However, I think a, a big reason why a lot of fans. Um, don't like David Unsworth because he's he, he says an awful lot of contradictory things. He'll say one thing and then a few weeks later he goes totally against it. 
it's almost like he's a politician. He's like he's saying he's saying things to appease people, and I don't know what is is actually honest, David Unsworth anymore. Because he, he said at the fans' forum that we shouldn't be worrying about Chesterfield, we shouldn't be worrying about anyone else. And then four games later, we're at the stage of Chesterfield are the best team in the league, they're going to win it. And we're just playing for second. So that's, he, he that's doesn't help managers, himself. That's what managers say, though, isn't it? It's all mind games. It's all... It's all, it's 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 the way that it's the way of football now, isn't it? One week they'll say one thing, the next week they'll say another. You know, I just I just think he's obviously protecting his team. He's not gonna he's not gonna um, he's not gonna throw him you know throw him under the bus. Where he where is last season? There's some instances where he did with the younger lads like Harry Vaughan at Altrincham, and I think he's learning on the job a bit of it. You know. And, if if he starts playing small cup, Paul Cook's are so they have a few runs, a few runs of a bad result. All of them are right back in there. You know what I mean? It's, it's still early days, isn't it? After, after ten games, you sort of know where you are. So he's got to keep the positivity for the squad. Matt said he hasn't had a full strength team. He's got to keep the guys who are playing in that team, probably the Shelton's and the Sheerans, who are probably not going to feature later on in the season. He's got he's got to give them a bit of. A bit of positivity because if you start throwing under the bus now, the confidence will be shot. You know what? A point at Chesterfield away isn't a bad result at all, is it? Considering where Chesterfield were the first three games compared to where we were, we had a very disappointing result against Halifax. And I think it's fair to say if we'd have had that last season, at some points we would have crumpled, wouldn't we? And we would have got a we would have got a bad result, wouldn't we? Do you not think? Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I just I, like it, it, it. It's really difficult to come to the defence of him sometimes and say, "Look, give him time," because I, I, I don't want to get rid of him. Uh, but equally, I don't think he's the man. Two, three years time, who's going to be the the guy who's taking us to that next level, you know? But it, it's it's so hard to to come to his defence at the minute because the the product isn't great. And I understand the point of yeah, we don't have the team. He's missing players. He's got injuries. This, that, and the other. But I can also see the other side of it, where he's been back to the hilt, and we we really haven't we haven't pushed on. And I know it's it's so early in the season that you're always going to get those those weird results right now. And the form table now, after six games, will no will will not be the final table. It, there'll be there'll be movers and shakers in there, and hopefully we're one of them. But. Yeah, it's just it, it's really it, it, I, I can see I can see the point of people who who were fuming about it. I, I don't think they're channeling it the right way, but I, I totally see their point. What what did I you mean, make of the co- what did you make of the commentary yesterday? They were so up Chesterfield's arses, weren't they? Adam yeah, Virgo were. and that guy, and then when Oldham scored that scored that late equaliser, they were trying to set everything to make it be an offside, weren't they? Even like the other person who was uh, being fair to Latics was Chez on the uh, analysis, weren't he? Saying yeah. the keeper should have done better, and then everyone turned and went, "Oh yeah, he panned it out. Yeah, it's a really poor mistake by the <laughs> keeper." Do you know what I mean? But they were so far up Chesterfield Chesterfield's arses, it, it was yeah. quite sickening to watch on BT, weren't it? Or, or TNT as it's well mm. known. Um, you know, I, I... what did you think of Fondop coming on? I thought he made a difference as well. Yeah, I thought Fondup did well. He's he's definitely an impact player. He's a he's a great option from the bench. I really like him. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I, I thought he did really well. And Gardner, 
Gardner. Good shot, uh, good shot wasn't it, for, for the goal? Yeah, no, it was. It was, was the... it bounced just in front of the keeper, didn't it? It was, yeah. it was quite a, it was a, it was, it was a really well worked shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got yeah. a team there that, that that battled to the end and got a goal right at the end. Like you know, they kept going. So you know, the the substitutes that Unsworth did bring on contributed to the goal. One of them was the, the guy who had the shot and the other one got in the way of the, of the goalkeeper sufficiently. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> off, you know, allegedly. Yeah, I think that with the Gardner thing, he, he must they must be being very, very, very cautious with him because I think otherwise he gets in the team, doesn't he? Because Shelton and Sheeran are far too similar. Um, do not do enough with the ball. Gardner, we're crying out for Gardner, aren't we, to, to, to be in the midfield generals. Surely, if he is getting there nearer and nearer and nearer, like he starts against Boreham Wood on Saturday, um, because we, we, we do desperate, desperately need someone of his quality in the middle of the park. But yeah, just like you said before, Dave, Sheeran and Shelton aren't going to be the central midfield pairing. Um, and as long as they are, Hunter's going to get behind them and, you know, pat them on the back and tell them they're doing a, a good job and and all the rest of it, like he did, you know, the other day in, 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 in midweek. His interview after uh, all the shot game, but the comments and stuff like, you know, he said, I agree, I agree. I think he could be a bit more consistent in his messaging and I think that he, 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 he does, I don't think he likes talking to the media and I don't think he'll, I think this is part of what he's going to have to learn. Um, he's just going to have to learn to become really bland and generic like loads of other football managers and players do. They just, in order to not say anything controversial or get tripped up, they just come out with the same absolute boring shite all the time. Um, so he might just have to start doing that and then he'll get, you know, obviously he'll get pelters for being boring and all the rest of it, but it's, it's you know, whatever. But he's right that when he said that Chesterfield are 18 months ahead of where we are, I think you said it before, Adam, about us being well-backed. We have been well-backed, but that doesn't mean that we have a championship-winning team straight away this season, does it? It doesn't mean... Football teams, like, don't... You don't... Just because you have good players in a team doesn't mean that you put them all on the pitch, they all of a sudden become a good team. Teams take time to evolve. They take time to develop. Like, you have to get to know each other in your squad. You have to play together a number of times and get used to each other. It doesn't just happen. If you've never... If you've ever played football, you'll know that it takes time for a team to come together. So, we have not seen the best of this team. I said it right at the beginning of the season. This team will get better as the season goes on. I'm absolutely sure of it. I'm sure that when it clicks... That will be up there because there's a long way to go yet. Mm. Um, and if I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't have a problem with being wrong because at the end of the day, it's all hypothetical. We're just sort of like no one no no one knows the future. I don't know if it's going to work. I hope it does because the manager need and managers need time to develop football teams and build squads. Um, they need the backing of their board, and the managers got that, and they need the backing of their fans and. Like you said before, and when everything clicks, when everything's in place, and our fans are all hundred percent behind the team for that ninety minutes, it's it's fantastic. But you know, th- th- there is that neg- negativity that is just pervasive, unfortunately, still within the fan base. And I think if we could cut that out, it would really help over the next few games. Are we going to touch on Frank getting abuse in the crowd? Do you think that was warranted? Well, I think. 
as a chairman, if you go into the into the away end, <laughs> you are you, you're putting yourself in front of what you know whatever. So you, you're always vulnerable in that position. Um, I think that again, this comes down to this thing of respect. I don't think that I think there was a, a clearly you know pictures of a guy shouting at him. I think gesticulating and and, and shouting about getting rid of Unsworth in in you know what could be described as potentially as an aggre- in an aggressive manner and certainly uh, not in a very sort of polite manner. I don't I think that's disrespectful to Frank. And I th- but I think the whole attitude that pe- certain people have had towards Unworth is disrespectful to Frank and the board as well to be honest with you. So um th- there was be- there was behaviors today. Let's talk about the pitch invasion. I think it was just embarrassing. Like f- one all draw away at Chesterfield four games into the season and you're invading the pitch. It makes us look tin pot. It makes us look like that's a big deal. It shouldn't be a big deal. Like it's absolutely it's called passion. It's called passion. It's called passion. Yeah. You can have absolutely brilliant scenes in the away and when when that goal goes in and everyone's. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that. Of course, everyone's buzzing when the goal goes in. Pitch invasion, fighting on the pitch. Like, no, that's embarrassing. Pushing over the keeper. Mm. If nobody goes on the pitch, none of that happens. So stay off the pitch. Those within our fan base that are that are grown up and still encouraging it, they they need to fucking grow up a bit. I bet none of them went on because like they were actually. Oh, I don't want to get. I don't want to get banned. You know, like it. It shouldn't be happening. It it doesn't do us any favors as a fan base. And when we go to other clubs, kick off times and all this kind of stuff. Again, I've, I talk about it all the time joint responsibility. People want to think that they can do whatever they want and it doesn't have consequences on other people. Well, part of living in a society means that what you do has consequences to other people. Otherwise, you have anarchy. And, you know, people just need to fucking grow up and cop on a bit sometimes. Yes, Dave? I thought Paul Cook was very gracious in his uh, his interview afterwards, you know, in terms of talking about player safety. And he said, like, he was delighted. He, he actually said, I was de- it hurt me that Oldham scored, but I was sort of delighted for their fans because they behave so well. And I thought, I thought, you know what, if I conceded a 97th minute like equaliser, I thought he was really gracious about it and he wasn't calling them idiots and he came across really well. Uh, and could you imagine if Chesterfield had done that to Oldham? You know what I mean? The fans have been yeah. on Twitter having a massive mourn. And yeah. a lot I've seen a lot of tweets by Chesterfield fans saying, look, the, the support for the Oldham fans was brilliant. You're a bit silly going on the pitch, but we can so- totally understand it because you're the, you're the best team we've played this season as well, you know, but I thought, I, I wanted to give a bit of, bit of a bit of kudos to, to Paul Cook because a lot a lot of managers and um, a lot of people would have, would have been very, very critical and I think he could have could have been a lot more critical to the old fans just running on the pitch and, um, you know, actually pushing one of his players over, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, what, did, what did you think, Adam? Um... It's a tough one because I'd, I'd never personally go on the pitch myself um, as a as a grown up, um, but it, it it was it was so euphoric that um, that goal it was it was absolute pandemonium. Like I was with my little lad, and it, even he was going mad. Like, and he's not like the most animated kid ever, but he, it, it meant so much to everyone in that stand because we we'd just been so so poor all games, sitting back and. With with the regards to the pitch invasion, um, 
I don't I don't condone it, and it does make us look a little bit silly. However, how many times have the club shared clips of of us running on after Peter Clark's goals at Chesterfield, Scunthorpe after Luanda's goal? It's it there's there is a real culture. And it's not just from our club. It's in it's in it's on all these away days, Twitter and Instagram pages. There's a real culture of of people trying to run on the pitch and and you know, in, do you know what I mean spotting yourself in the video? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it, it's yeah. it's so counterproductive. It's really, really. It's it's just it's it's, it's just childish to be honest with you. Yeah, of course it that is, and I it's really perpetuated by over immature yeah. people in, on these groups. You're dead right. Like there is a, that's why they do it. It's been perpetuated by the club in the past, Matt. So yeah, yeah. No, no, that's the, fair, club, that's the club can't get on their eye horse and release statements saying it's it's out of order. Well, that's fair. That's that's fair yeah. enough comment, that Adam. Yeah, like that's it's just like, you know, I don't I don't. Some someone yesterday was like trying to liken what happened against Sheffield Wednesday in the last game in the 1991 <laughs> season to, to yesterday. I was like, what? You expect me to take that comparison seriously? Like the, the chatty end was so full, it was like fit for bursting anyway. Like, but like, you know, last minute of anyway, like we don't even need to go there, right? But like it. it it has become this thing, like you're totally right. It's like about getting likes on social media and, and e limbs and, and all this kind of stuff. And because co- it gets loads of likes from other fans, you look at it. It's just there's plenty of room in the stand for us all to celebrate and, and go mad uh, without spilling onto the pitch. And if we don't go on the pitch, the keeper doesn't get shoved over. Now, this keeper didn't get hurt, but that just, that's not the point because. You know, there was it kicked off a little bit, a couple of lads having handbags and stuff. But if something serious happens, if and it could, anything could happen, something really serious could happen, then it has massive implications for everybody else and potentially the game as a whole as a whole. The why you know I remember having my arms still haven't recovered from clinging onto the perimeter fence in the chaddy end when I was a kid. I couldn't see a thing. Like, don't want to go back to having we won't have fences, but like stricter controls and stuff. Basically what's happened in football is football fans have been given more, um, they should be given respect to behave, respect in a, to behave in a reasonable way. Like your grown-ups, behave yourself. Um, there's kids here, you know, be mindful of that. There's older people here, be mindful of that. It's not all about young people in their teens and, and 20s who want to get absolutely razzed off their tits on booze and Cork or whatever else to behave however they want. That's not football's an inclusive environment for everybody. And I've been on many an away day and enjoyed many a many a pint and 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 been in stadiums in in in, in conditions where you know. <laughs> but I've never been on the pitch and I've never done anything that is like you know detrimental to the club uh, or its reputation. So. I don't think there's an excuse for it. I think it's these people have already got it in their heads that they're going to do stuff like this. And like you say, Adam, they want to do it for those kind of reasons. <laughs> I'm going to sneeze. Yeah, just on that, I think I think there's there's, there's really two two types of away days, and and like you've just alluded to there, but I've done both where you go and you set off early and you get on the on the beers nice and early. But nowadays, um, I drive to every away game. Um, I don't, I don't really drink because um, I'm because I've got to drive home, um, and I'd, I'd much rather have that experience of if I'm going to drive four hours to Southend, I want to remember a terrible performance and have a chat with Southend fans on the way back to the car. Do you know what I mean? I'd rather have that than 
not remember anything, come out of the ground shouting and, and bawling and throwing things at, at the other fans. It's it, it's yeah. it, it's just pathetic. It really is. And, and I just urge anyone who's who goes out and gets absolutely keyed off the red and, and on cans from eight in the morning, just try the other way. Honestly, just try going to a game and remembering it. And you'll honestly you'll change your view on it because it's so much better. Yeah, but I mean again, there's people are only going to do what they're going to do. But at, that, at the end of the day, you have to, people have to be accountable, don't they, for what they do. If you want to do that, then do it. No one's telling you how to live your life. But, you know, if you go on the pitch and you get banned, then they, they'll just have to put up with it, won't you? Because that's going to be the consequences. If you go and you push the keeper over and you get banned for life, then, tough. you know, tough. it's tough shit, isn't it? Yeah, you should behave yourself. It's just, mm-hmm. it's actions and consequences, isn't it? And I, but I just, I don't think, I think there's just this collective responsibility thing that I keep talking about. I mean, just, it's fine margins. It's fine little things that, that, that make us either great or keep us mediocre. And I think how we conduct ourselves as a fan base, when we're at our best, like you said, Adam, we're, I think we're unparalleled at this level. We really do. Um, but, I think we've still got a bit of work to do to sort of like, you know, just adapt our behaviour so that we are just behind, just behind the team for 90 minutes and, you know, leaving the ground. You know, you come to people like Wrexham coming to Boundary Park, smashing up seats and stuff like that. You just think, what a load of dickheads, don't you? Yeah. I mean, and, you know, they're coming up here and they kick, I just look at them and think, what a load of dickheads. Sad bastards, like you know, mm. and and organising fights and stuff like that, like just especially grown men. I understand. It, t- that, it takes that's two it. to organise, or doesn't it? And we've oh been yeah, it does that, it? Of course it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, t- it takes two to tango, doesn't it? But like, just grow up, like you know, fucking hell, get a life, get the but, badge. Like, again, each to each to their own, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's, everyone lives differently. I don't. I got accused of Gaz Amelia for judging people by saying it was an embarrass. It was an embarrassment. I'm not judging people. I'm judging. I'm. I'm. I'm Con, uh, condemning behaviour. I don't agree with the behaviour. I'm not judging the people that do it. Every, you know, everyone's entitled to live their life the way they want to live it. But oh, say, everything has a consequence, doesn't it? And a reaction to each other. And I just, um, I've just found, I've just found it all a bit. Some of it a bit depressing. I think yesterday we should have been coming away from there after a last minute goal. Pretty, pretty buoyed, really. Uh, yeah. uh, the you know title favourites as they are, one all. Norwood. You know, he's going to be the difference this season, isn't he? He yeah. really is. You can just tell. And I think once we've got a midfield that actually knows how to pass the ball to him. I, you know, I'll tell you who I do like, Dickinson. He, he's the he's a proper midfielder. He was the only one yesterday who wanted to get on the ball and wanted to drive forward with it. Him, Shelton and Shearing don't want to do that ever. What Dickinson does, he likes getting on the ball and he likes to, to try and break forward and... He's he's really good. I think he's good signing. So I I don't think I don't think it's a million miles off what it, what is going to be a very difficult team to beat and a team that's going to score goals. But we are desperately lacking those midfield players that are that are missing at the minute. And I I I think then I think we'll probably play a four four two, and we'll be all right. <laughs> I think we'll start picking up points, picking up wins, and climbing up the table. And I'd like to see that happen before or not. It, you know, if we've got our full squad and 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 we're not we're not getting results, then you know as the, as the weeks go on, then you know whatever it's, it's another debate. Well, there's no point going into the you know being hypothetical about things that haven't happened yet. But I think there's I think there's the base this year now with the signings that we've made to have a good team. We play four games. 
I think I think Kitchen's <laughs> got to be uh, sort of like he, he was probably our best player yesterday, getting forward with whipping the balls in. You know, Norwood should have done better with that header. Um, he had two good chances, didn't he, mm. before he scored? But Kitchen, you know, when he bombs forward, he he he, he can be, do some real damage. So I want to see more of that and that Freeman as well. To say he's hardly had any pre-season, I thought he did well as well yesterday. Um, he's, he looks like a decent signing, and hopefully it doesn't, you know, get to Christmas and he's had a really good six months, and then he gets picked up by a, a football league club. So you know, there's, there's a lot of positives. It's just getting that midfield right, and I think we we just kept on saying it last season, and again with Lundstrom coming back into the squad and maybe Gardner getting a bit fitter because he's, he's made of biscuits, let's have it right. He, um, we, we, we could be we could be onto a good formula for winning games. Where, where Adam, where do you think, based on how we've started the season and all the rest of it, where do you, th- where do you think we'll finish? Uh, it's far too early to call, but I'd, I still think playoffs are a minimum expectation. Um, just looking around this league... Our stature in the game and our the amount of money we've put in shouldn't have any bear any relevance on where we should finish. But like I said, on our day with our fans behind us and the team we've and the squad we've got, that there's not many there's not many better teams in the league. It's just it's just consistency, which we found a little bit towards the end of the, the well the second half of last season. Um, so hopefully, like I say, if we build into this season and we'll, we will get better and better. I've no doubt about it. So, so top top seven is minimum. Yeah, I, 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 totally. Yeah, I think we should, we're totally capable of that. I think I'd, I don't. I think if you look at the four performances so far, like Southend was was we all was just abysmal. We we all know that. Aldershot, we did exactly what we should have done to a team as poor as Aldershot, which was fantastic and scored some brilliant goals. Fine margins against Halifax, I thought. I think I didn't think we played badly. I didn't think we played really well either. I thought we played all right. I thought they were well organised. Bit of luck goes our way rather than their way. I think you know we win the game or we get a point. Yesterday, a, a, a good professional performance to get a point. At, you know the, the a team that scored ten goals and nearly win the first four games. Really, when you put it into perspective and you look at it like if you if you look at it like that and and. And you and you you don't be expecting us to go on out winning every game five nil um, and and playing the best football you've ever seen. I don't think it's been that bad. The results haven't been great, been great. But I don't think we've apart from that game against um, Southend. I don't think we've looked like a disaster of a football team. And when you read a lot of the comments and you read a lot of the things people saying, it's like it may, people seem to be making out that we're, that we're just the worst football team. That that, that 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 this is the worst team that we've had for years. <laughs> We've had some absolutely shocking teams over the last few seasons. There's some absolutely shocking players. We've not gone backwards. We are going in the right direction. We are going forwards. Whether Runsworth is the man, we will. time will tell. But I'd rather have a board that makes a decision on the manager and backs him than have a board that hires and fires like we've had in the past. And so that's why I'm backing the decision to keep Unsworth in place and give him time to, to do the job. I'm not busy kissing his ass. Uh, he's not my best mate. You know what I mean? I don't talk to him otherwise than from when than what you hear on here on the podcast. He's just he's the manager of, of my football club. And so I'm backing him. I'm behind him. 
I'm not stabbing him in the back at the first opportunity that I can get. I'm backing the board of my football club and I'm backing the fans of my football club to be the best in the league. And I want our club to be the best in the league. And I want I, I want our manager to be the best in the, in the league. I want all, I want everyone to succeed. And I'm just, I'm, so I'm backing them and I'm getting behind them. And, and that's, that's all I'm asking for fans to do. And if you don't want to publicly back somebody, at least just don't be so obnoxious, disrespectful, um, and you know, such a wanker about it. That, that's that's what. <laughs> <laughs> such a wanker. Yeah. Um, so that's 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 my take on it. Anyway, um, just in case anybody wasn't clear, look, feel free to uh, contact me and Dave on the football phone and give me loads of shit on Wednesday. That you're more than welcome to do that. Um, let's have a, let's have a debate um, on on the issue. But let's try and I mean, you might somewhat people might say. I'm not being very respectful, calling people names and calling you wankers and swearing a lot. I'm not. I'm not singling anybody out. I'm not. I'm not. I'll always be polite to people. I've I've had some messages today over the weekend where people are calling me and all kinds of things. Just completely out. Yeah, it's just completely out of order. It's it's you know do it to me face. That's what I'll say to guys. I won't back down from anybody. Me. So like, I'll have a conversation with you. I'll I'll have it out with you one way or another. I'm not bothered. But like, show some respect to each other and you know we just let's be constructive in our in our conversations but i just like you said i think you, you summed it up beautifully adam earlier on uh, when you said about us all being in on the same page and and how, how how instrumental we can be towards the success of the club and that's what frustrates me when we've been through what we've been through and then at the first in the first season people are using the manager as a way of being divisive and starting to pull pull us apart within the fan base. It's just so counterproductive. Mm-hmm. Has anyone got anything else they want to talk about? <laughs> well, we've got we've got a boring wood away. Uh, does anyone have any thoughts on that? I think that's going to be a tough game. Yeah, it will be. Uh... I think this is the thing yeah. as well, this whole kind of HMS Pistol League and all that. It's very disrespectful to the rest of the league. It's not an easy league, is it? There are teams like Boreham Wood, Solihull, even at Halifax the other day, they were, they were no pushovers. There are good teams in this division. They're at Walking and Barnet off to Flyers. Gateshead, good side. Like, it's disrespectful to, to just assume that we're going to go out and just blow everybody away. It's It takes time to build a team that is consistently good and has good habits. Uh, like Dunn's have said about building these habits, these winning habits and doing things the right way. It takes time to develop. Um, we've got teams like Walking and Boring Wood and, and, and teams like that who, who've been building over years. Chesterfield, that's why they're 18 months or whatever ahead of us because they've been building a squad and a team and a mentality. We, we've come from where we were last season to, to, to here. And if we, if, we, if we do it this season, like I said before, it'll be a fantastic achievement because it's, it's not easy. And this is a very, very difficult league. Look how much of a struggle it was for Wrexham and Notts County, even with all the money that they had to get out of it really hard so i think we need to give it some respect we're not going to piss this league we might we might win it we might do well if not this season or what next season but we won't piss it <laughs> no not at all i think yeah like you say it's a, it's a really really tough league and coming down i think everyone was a little bit surprised just how good this league is it's it's better than league two it really is because every single team does things a little bit different like the, there's some teams like like Gates Edge and they've got a real philosophy. Dorking, like the way they play football, 
a real philosophy behind it. And then you've just got other teams that are so hard to break down. So it's a different challenge every week. So it's, it's, it's really, it must be difficult as a manager to try and come up with a different game plan because there's not one way to win the league. Like, yeah, Wrexham had that one way, but they, they were just overpowered everyone. And that's the only way you can do it, really, if, you, if you're going to, you know, have that one way of, of, of playing. I think I think like Unsworth says, you need a little bit a little bit more tactically adept and, and change things. But equally, I don't think he does change things as often as as he possibly should. When we come well, up um, against we, difficult sides. No, yeah, you made some really good points there, Adam. I, I think like you mentioned it last week, didn't we, Dave? And you were, we were talking about Phil Parkinson and like you know how long it takes to. This is his, a manager's first job, and like everybody has to get given a first job and a first chance and a break. Do we support that? Do we support that person in that in that position and give them time to learn? And he, and he has to learn quickly. It is a results business. It is a pressured. It is pressurized. You know, but I would like us to be the kind of club where people can come and, and they do get a chance and and they are shown a bit of respect and they are given a bit of time. Um, I was thinking this this whole thing really with the fiery managers. It all started like in the early two thousands, didn't it? When Abramovich took over Chelsea, I think before then there was a lot more patience in in football management uh, as a rule than there is now and because he 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 would he would just fire managers like very very quickly and bring, but you know he had like limitless supplies of money to pay off contracts and bring in the the, the, the next whoever else was available and throw money at a situation but then like everything in football it just kind of goes it, it becomes part of a culture and then everybody's doing it but it doesn't actually work does it so look at coventry you know what I mean? They got. I think Robin's got them relegated once, and look at them now. They're pushing for the playoffs in the championship again. He's been there eight years because they stuck by him. And don't get me wrong, Coventry had so many off the field problems with the ground and with you know ownership issues. But Robin's was always you know he had to play, like work with his own budget and do you know pilfer from one pilfer from one sell another, pair Peter to pair Paul really, and it was. It was a tough, it was a tough ask, but you know because he's got that, he's got that stability. He's he's made them into like a like a, a championship playoff playoff team because he's he's had the time and he's been given the given you know given given the resources to do what he needs to do. You know, look at Pete Wilde when he first came in for the Latics. He didn't get off to the best start. He, he, again, he was given he was given the time. Fair or probably because nobody wanted to bloody do the job. You know, Wellins again. He was another one who got the. Um, Got a bit of time, and then it, unfortunately it didn't work out at League One. But look at the fiasco that he had to put up with. Managers need time, you know. They need two, two years, maybe three, to set the stall out and get things moving. You know what I mean? And that, that's what they need in the, in the game now. You can't just hire him, hire him, and fire him. Look at us when we had Abdallah going back to what we had. You know, we had Laurent, Laurent Benid. You know what I mean? It could be a whole lot worse, guys. You know exactly. What I mean? We, we 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 managers bring players in, and they're and they're always then they're adding to the squad all the time to bringing in players that they that they think complement that squad and until so you've got a way and a way of playing where you're bringing in the right types of players to, to fit a form that we've 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 had to have this massive overhaul of players, and if you get rid of the manager now, he, the new manager comes in with a load of players that the previous manager wanted and that he might not want, and then you've got this situation. Then well, I don't he's not part of my plans and he. It's just it causes more mess in my belief than it does in trying to just keep the guy 
and see. We'll let him do his job and see how he gets on for the rest of the season. I just yeah, don't well, see what the problem is with that, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't see what yeah, this hysteria about getting rid of him is. Because it is, it's a hysteria among some of our fans. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Matt. Uh, I think I think it's a it's a wider problem in football, though. Like you said, since the kind of um, Abramovich era, like that that's just football the way it is now. And it's sad to see it filter down to to this level. Do you know the where we are and below, where hiring and firing managers becomes the answer? Because what that does, it then gives the players the power where they think, well, okay, I, I don't have to work for this manager because my contract's longer than he'll be in the job and I'll get a chance with a new guy. And if we look at all the teams in our league, those those teams we're talking about being up there at the end of the season, look at the teams that were up there at the end of last season. They're all teams that have had managers in place for a considerable amount of time who've mm-hmm. been allowed to build something. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's no coincidence. It's no coincidence whatsoever. No. And, 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 and you know, I, I, I want our football club to be to just not do things the way that other th- clubs do because that's the way that they do it. I want our club to, to do the right things the right way because it's the right thing to do. And I think that back in, if, you, if you've given a manager an opportunity, back him and give him every opportunity to do his job. If the board decide on Monday that they're going to sack David Unsworth and they do, then I'll, I'll get behind the next manager because <laughs> it moves on. That's what happens in football. But I don't think they will. Because I, I think that they are going to back him to, to do a job. So it's up to us to get the results, obviously. But the culture has changed within the game, and and the fans flip from being, you know, back back in when this whole manager flip hiring and firing thing started, all the fans were like, oh, you can't do this, it's ridiculous. And now we're now we're the main, you know, like people in sitting on Twitter saying Frank's in the away, and he's heard what the fans think now, as if. Well, we should react then. The board should react to what the fans think, not what some of the fans think, not what all of the fans think, just the the noisiest ones think. And I'm sorry, the fans don't necessarily know best. I'm not saying I know best either, by the way. I just think that, like you, like you said, Adam, on the basis of it, the evidence suggests, like you said, Dave, on Mark Robbins, the evidence suggests that if you have patience in a manager and you give them time, you'll get better results in the long run than if you keep hiring and firing. Look at Alex Ferguson. You know what I mean? He, he was tipped to be sacked and they went, I'm sorry to bring talk about Alex Ferguson on all the athletic podcasts, but they give him time. He turned it round. And I'm not saying for one second we should even mirror David Unzer and Alex Ferguson because I'm not before anyone starts jumping on me on Twitter on uh, on Monday uh, after six you know six fifty when this podcast finishes. you know you're, what you're saying, Dave, is that David Unsworth is the, is the next Alex Ferguson. Right? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not saying that. But... You said he's that he said he's Alex Ferguson and Pep Guardiola rolled into one. That's what you you just put it in a tweet uh, in a text. I d- yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I with a, with, a, with, a, with a touch of Mourinho and a sprinkle. <laughs> Of, of Brian um, Clough. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's a, a soup song of Brian Clough. <laughs> European dreams coming with us, <laughs> uh, with David Unsworth. No, but we should just give people time and just chill out for goodness sake. It's only a bloody game of football. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Are we doing Lottics mine then? He's shaking his head. 
<laughs> you don't have to if you don't want, Adam. You've done it already. Uh, so it's up to I'll, you. I'll have a go if you've got it ready. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it though. There we go. Question one. Who scored a hat-trick on the final day of the 1986-87 season? Ian Marshall. Incorrect. It was Mike Cessary. Uh, which former Latics manager won a trophy with Bangor City? Stephen Robinson. Incorrect. Graham Sharp. Who was the first Latics win against in the 22-23 season? Sutton United. It was Dorking. Incorrect. Who was top scorer in the 2010-11 season? Chris Porter. Incorrect. Chris Taylor. Who was the top scorer in the 16-17 season? Peter Clark. Incorrect. Lee Irwin. Who was Latics manager in the 2009-2010 season? Lee Johnson. Incorrect. Dave Penny. Who did Latics draw 5-5 against in the 2021 season? Peterborough. Incorrect. Forrest Green. Which international striker from Canada did Latic sign in July 2000? Carlo Corazon. Correct. Who was Latic's last win in the Football League against? Leighton Orient. Incorrect. It was Stevenage 1 0. Who scored in the Latics FA Cup semi final against Manchester United in 1994? Earl Barrett. Incorrect. It was Neil Poynton. <laughs> right then. So that's it then. All good. Yeah, all good, wasn't it? So, how <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You got one. Wee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's got um like Spitfires flying outside the house? It's not me. Uh, that'd be me. <laughs> well, where do you live? Uh just off the east lines, like so we get all the little planes going to Salford Mini Airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I've been extremely grumpy and moody today. Um so apologies for that. Um but uh, I am tired and emotional. Thank you for listening to the Boundary Park Alert System, a QPod production hosted and produced weekly by Matt Dean, Andy Halliwell and Dave Bradley. QPod is Oldham's only dedicated podcast production company and if you'd like to learn more about how podcasting can help take your brand to the next level, visit kupod.co.uk. A huge thank you goes to all those people who subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. We really appreciate you all. Please visit oafcpodcast.co.uk and click be a supporter or find the link in the show notes if you'd like to help 
help us fund the show. It's only £2.99 per month to subscribe, but if you'd rather make a one-off donation, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash OAFC podcast or click the link on our website. Don't miss the Latix football phone-in every Wednesday live from 8.30pm. Please visit youtube.com forward slash at OAFC podcast and do hit subscribe while you are there. You can also follow and interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at OAFC Podcast. Big thanks go to Eileen Finnegan for writing our excellent weekly blog, which we encourage you to read on our website every Saturday morning and also to Paul Prendergast for providing us with all the Latix Mind questions. The title music for the show is by Manchester DJ and producer Starion and for more information visit bandcamp.com forward slash red laser records. If you'd like to be a guest or contribute to the show, we would love to hear from you. Until then, see you next time.